episode 24 of Movie Mumble, the end of our second full year of mumbling. Woo! Yeah, this is very exciting. <laughs> wow, we've come so far. We really have. It feels good. <laughs> movie Mumble is a monthly movie exploration and discussion podcast where we seek to broaden our cinematic horizons. We take turns picking a film, watching it, and then talking about it, uh, hoping that we hoping, knowing by now, that we get more out of the film by sharing it with people whose company we enjoy. I'm your host, Scott Murray, and I'm joined by my good friends, Joel Lewis. Howdy. And Tim Gerard. Hello. Uh, I was going to make a fanboy joke, but our entire existence is a big <laughs> fanboy joke, yeah. so we've made plenty. Um, Every time you say broaden our cinematic horizon, I'm imagining Spongebob. Imagination. <laughs> cinematic horizon. Now, you said that. If I remember, I'm going to do that with my hands every time. Yes. <laughs> um, I don't understand that reference. <laughs> uh, the future is now, old man. Well, Spongebob I, is ten years I've old. I've said this before. <laughs> I've tried he's older than us. I've tried watching Spongebob. I hate it. I can't. <laughs> I thought I should like it, and I just I can't do it. I don't get it. What Do you remember what you watched? Yeah. Which, uh, there was a definite point where it stopped being good. Yeah. Oh, okay. I, I don't know. Sure. I just... Just episodes with my my cousin's daughters because you know they were they were young at the mm-hmm. time and it was a cartoon that they liked because they were they were kids mm-hmm. and I was like okay like it seems like it had this Ren and Stimpy quality like I like other like silly goofy co- cartoons like that <laughs> this is our movie podcast yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and we're talking about SpongeBob SquarePants um, <laughs> but do you, do you remember like what the premise of the episodes were are there premises like, to the episodes yeah, yeah. There's, there's, oh, someone yeah. wanted to there's buy a, 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 a burger or something. <laughs> As the the card player was all pissed off about something. Also, also exactly my point. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's the thing. Like all, most cartoon shows are like that, right? Like Dexter's Mm -hmm. Lab is he's mad at his sister, and he's competing with this one guy, and he has an experiment that goes wrong. Like, yeah. I've never seen that show. I don't know that I dislike it. Anyway, Movie Mumble (laughs) is a film podcast. Three of us take turns picking our films. We talk about them. There are no rules about what films we can pick. Just no TV shows. Right. Um, Old, new, foreign, domestic, etc. Sometimes it's films we've seen before. Sometimes it's films we haven't. I don't think we've ever had a single film that all three of us have seen. I think the closest we've come is films that two of us have seen before. The Matrix was like that. Oh, well, that's true. These yeah. are our favorites cycles. Yeah. But for our regular picks, I don't think yeah. anyone's brought in anything we've all seen. We've always talked about doing equilibrium, you know? I think, since the very beginning. Yeah. Maybe, yeah. That, that would seen. be a cool standalone to just do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So we all, we all take turns. This month it was Tim's turn. Uh, Tim brought us fanboys. Mm-hmm. So Tim, as the movie selector, is going to flip the coin. Which coin did you bring for us today, Joel? That's the Morgan Silver The Morgan dollar. Silver Dollar. Tim's going to flip it. The next person in line, which is Joel, is going to call it in the air. And then between Joel and me, the winner or loser of the coin toss gets to pick who gets to or has to describe the film. See, this is what I would have wanted to do if I hadn't seen this film already. Like, all the other ones, it's just like, oh, God, like, I don't know how to explain it. This one's just like, yeah. Like, well, it's your pick, so too bad. So I don't get to. Go ahead and I also whatever. would have loved to hear you describe the plot of Freddy Got Fingered. Like, all of the ones that you have picked, yeah. I wanted to this have This is why we should just have the host explain the film to us. Well, I, no, I, I was <laughs> I mean, actually... it is the, the end of your picker, I mean. We could switch it up. I was I thinking will. that that could be an option rather than flipping the coin. Yeah. Like, that could be a deal. Whenever choice. the picker doesn't want to, they can... Right. always flip the coin and but, force someone else to. Right. Yeah. Well, movie Mumble is evolving before your very ears, folks. <laughs> you are witnessing podcast history. <laughs> so anyway, go ahead and flip for us, Tim. Right, so Joel, Joel you're, you're ready. 
Not that I need to know who's calling it before no, I flip good. it. My, well, my, you my, wanted to my rule is the same. But you do, because if he was in the middle of drinking, that would have been a sputtering... <laughs> so I should so, wait till he's no, drinking. Is what he's yes. saying. Okay. Tails. It's tails. It is. Scott, you're up. Oh. Okay. Because um, I feel like there, there's a pattern of, a lot you, of you. Well, you describe a lot of mine specifically. Yeah. I also, don't you're not. You're the only one who hasn't seen this one. That's, That's true. true. That's, That's true. I didn't, that didn't enter into my equation. Well, that, was, that was your out, Joel. That was where you said that was my reason the whole time. <laughs> Tim Tim's looks a little hot. You can take your shirt off. Right. Join I think me. It's topless Join me. In the, topless it is uh, part the middle of July while we're recording this. It is hot. In my, in my apartment with the huge picture windows looking out to the west till the sun just cooks us from 1201 <laughs> until it sets. <laughs> it's great in the winter, not so great now. Alright, so, Fanboys is a film about three... Fanboys. Fanboys. Three really heavy, hard, heavy-duty, hardcore Star Wars fanboys um, on the eve of Episode One's release. And, or four of them, I'm sorry. Because they get their fourth buddy, who's sort of fallen off the fanboy wagon, and they convince him to take a road trip from Ohio to Skywalker Ranch to break in and see the film early, because the one friend is dying of cancer. Because if any film ever needs a plot device, cancer will do it for you. <laughs> it is for everything you ever might need a plot of is, any kind. Is that going to be something like the, the post-cell phone movie age, where... It, when we finally cure it, it'll be like, oh, we can't put cancer in the movie. You know, I think yeah. it might be, right? Um, have to move on to something more terminal. And, of course, on their trip across the country, they learn about themselves, and they get into a lot of trouble, and they meet famous people, and it's it's just full of awesome references and nerdery. And, this had some, and like, Cannonball Run-esque cameos. Like, yeah. the perfect, like, drop-in, drop-out cameos. Yeah, like I said, I, it's what a cameo should be, mm-hmm. right? The famous person shows up, not expecting it, Oh, they do their their part, which is important to the film, and then they leave. And that's it. And it's a short, it's not like eight scenes, you know. Judge Reinhold. <laughs> that's not the cameo, but that's the name of the cameo's character. Right. As always it should be. You know, it, and that, that's it. That's the film. I don't, that's your description. It's, it's really easy to describe. Um, it's sort of almost the antithesis of some of the films I had in mind when we started this podcast I mentioned that they're they're hard to describe to people in a way that sounds appealing this is totally sounds appealing that sounds like fun and it was it was a lot of fun I I really thoroughly enjoyed it and I really liked that it didn't turn out like Revenge of the Nerds um which was a little too exactly what the name sounds like getting the nerd characters to act like your dumbass 80s jock mm-hmm. assholes without acknowledging that what they were doing was wrong you know right. and mm. the, the film has not aged well shall we say and I was a little worried that this might also not have aged well either because of that sort of social change or just in terms of pop culture just because right. everything we've seen with not just with Star Wars but with fandom as a whole right. uh, but no it was, it was great it was fantastic I think the only part that anyone might be upset about is the the, the rush to fists between the Trekkies and the Star Wars fans but I mean meh you know I mean, we, we of all the things we we have some homophobic comics. We comments. We have some dropping of the R word, and then what was the other thing? But like, as things go for aging poorly, this is fine. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. and it's also in that Absolutely. kind of like, this is right before. <laughs> like the Gamergate asshole era, right? Like oh, yeah. this is you can kind of see all the seeds of like toxic fanboy in this. 
but it's perfectly innocent in this like not perfectly innocent but like it it's 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 at the time where it was just fun to be a yeah. nerd like that it yeah. wasn't like there victimizing wasn't the, brutalizing people the, yeah. right yeah. like i mean there's there's a certain there's a, a type certain of kind sure but yeah the whole you know how how much is your obscure star wars knowledge right. i'm going to quiz you you know yeah. but it's not as severe yeah you can see yeah. the origins no it was like oh remember still, remember still back good. when there wasn't as much message board assholery <laughs> well and a lot of what it reminds me of is like you know that it, it has a sort of stunted growth aspect of at one point where they're like yeah you know this trip is is you know, i forget if they say men only or boys only or something you know it reminds me of like you know the kids who are 10 years the old house yeah. no girls yeah. allowed right you know, where it's like that wanting to have that exclusionary type of thing. And I think it's yeah. even, you know, before the sense of, you know, like the, the bullshit they try to pull in schools where, oh, the way the girls dress are distracting the boys. Right. It was just like, we want to do boy things. And, and there, yeah, there was, it was before that sort of acknowledgement that like, well, some, you know, girls like those things too. Right. And it, it seems like it was much, much more out of ignorance, like almost like they couldn't imagine that Zoe would have wanted to do that stuff right. with them. That's exactly you know? where it is. Yeah. They explain that pretty well. And it's, it's the difference between that, that kind of, well, growing up understanding of, no, no, you, you don't understand. So let's explain. Mm-hmm. And they they do, and then it turns out well, and they accept her. Right? Yeah. You know? it's like, there's that whole bit of it. Oh, you like this, and you like that, and you 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 like all the things we like, huh? Yeah. <laughs> like you know, oh. it's the difference between that and between sort of what we've seen people clinging desperately to Lowe's childhood mm-hmm. initial conceptions and just not involved. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So. And I mean, it's also interesting too because I think she. I mean, I don't know if she's hanging out. No, she actually works at the comic book store. Yeah. So we're also seeing it on a personal level, not on a, a, a business level. Like, you can't work at the comic book store because you're a girl. Right. You know, it's like, hey, me and my friends, like, are, are doing this thing together. Which, yeah. not th- again, not that it's okay, not that you should, you know, force <laughs> people into groups of friends. Mm-hmm. But, like, it, 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 you know, it's different. It's no, not that She's it's here not because that she likes what we're our, our yeah. hot likes what we like. Right? Yeah. The other thing is, like, she's in the group. Like, that's why the uh, skinny character, or Windows, right? That's yeah. his. I can never remember that actor's it's name. Barrowshell. I really like him in Tropic Thunder. He's one of my favorite parts of that movie. That's what I was thinking. Thank, Thank you. I forgot. Um, but, like, because he's listing off all the things that, like, these are. The... One of his facial expressions <laughs> were, I was like, I, just, I know this guy. It was something. <laughs> it was Tropic Thunder. But yeah. he's like, you can quote, uh, uh, not Masters of the Universe. What was it? Some obscure, not obscure, but I can't remember um, what it was. Yeah, but it wasn't it wasn't Star Wars though. Right, right? it was like yeah. And he's all excited about Willow, and nobody else cared. <laughs> <laughs> I love but, the GHX 1138 guards. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. yeah. That made me happy. You wear the uniform. You make us wear these uniforms. <laughs> <laughs> Did you guys catch who that guy was? No, that was Ray Park. Who's Ray Park? The guy who played Darth Maul. Oh, oh shit! That's why the line he said that was kind of muffled was, "Are you boys ready to get mauled?" And he oh. starts spinning his fucking batons. <laughs> Rewind it. We needed to hear. Oh, well, that's he did that flip. I was like, that's very Darth Maul esque. He's yeah. got the dual wheel yeah. going. Like, oh shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> My so, yeah. first thought was, oh, I bet you he was a choreographer on some of these movies or something. <laughs> you weren't wrong. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. It, she's in the group. Like she, she mm-hmm. has all the nerd caveats and quotation marks. That, like, so it, it's not that she like. I think they do good, a good job. She's like the only female in the movie, the, yeah. which is problematic. But like, it, it's... Basically, yeah. There yeah. are the two girls in the convertible. 
There's the two the other girls who got the convertible. There's the ten year old. The two escorts. And the two escorts. <laughs> and then, and then Carrie Fisher. And Carrie Fisher. <laughs> well, and I think that's part of it too, is like when they're when they're originally talking about the trip, it was something they planned since they were kids. Which right. I, I mean, I don't know that she was part of the group then. So I feel like that's also part of it is like she's, she's part of the group outsider. now. But this was this thing that the four of them had planned like when they were 10 mm-hmm. and have been talking about since then. And she's kind of observed them talking about it as she's gotten to know them. So I feel like, yeah, there is a, a reason why, oh, when we first thought of this trip and why we're thinking of it now, it's just the four of us. But mm-hmm. then, you know, she has to bail them out of jail. So that's what she kind of ends up being like, no, like I'm part of this now. Like mm-hmm. you're not sending me home. Yeah. I'm here. It's happening. Yeah. <laughs> Deal with it. But yeah, it was nice. It was a great just... It's one of the ridiculous adventure road trip yeah. movies for sure. Yeah. Like, I mean, I, I liked Vacation and I liked like Euro Trip and mm-hmm. like Road Trip, but those are like those horn dog like. Yeah. We watched this to see some boobs and yeah. some 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 bad bad humor, whereas this was like spoke to my soul because it was Star Wars mm-hmm. and it was like kind of the first movie that I really watched that was like. These guys, they're talking like I talk with mm-hmm. my friend. This is yeah. the kind of shit. This right. is how immediate and passionate and absolutely vital this all felt to me mm-hmm. at that point in my life for a, a long time of my life, still mm-hmm. in my life. Like, just, <laughs> for them to get into that, that argument about <laughs> Luke and Leia and whether they knew, like, yeah. it just, and it, it's such a great encapsulation of like that kind of friendship, right? Like, you're away for years and you come back to the same beat that you left same argument same same dynamic of the group and that was that was cool and it was cool to see like i i watched it really late i was like i i wish i had had this when it first came out because so i wouldn't have felt so alone in this like Mm -hmm. but like it, it it's it's a good encapsulation of that yeah it was just cool to see a road trip movie that was so specific and like hit that close to home. I liked that even with all the specificity or all Star Wars particulars you could have made this movie about almost anything that you can be a fan of. You just need to, you know, control H, find and replace Mm. all the Star Wars references and then boom, because it's it's about at its essence what it is to have a work speak to you so much that you bring it into, make it part of your life, you know, to be that kind of fan. I also, I also felt like this this is what Big Bang Theory wishes it was. Because <laughs> yeah. Alice and I talk about this all the time, that Big Bang is like nerd face. It's what people making a show yes. think that nerds are like oh, and how yeah. they interact with yeah. each other. That and it's pretentious and it's alienating <laughs> and it doesn't look at all how nerds really interact with the world. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's and, like slap a Green Lantern shirt on him. There you go, instant yeah. nerd. But like, yeah, none of the other stuff is like... And John and I had talked about this too. Is like, none of... Like, the nerds I know, we're not like physicists and engineers and stuff. We're like working men. Like right. we got a desk and that, yeah. that and like. It, it's that there was, I guess, more for for when this film was being made yeah. and, and before it. There was this whole sub generation of nerds, mm-hmm. you know. And the constant question was, "What are you gonna do when you grow up? Are you still gonna like these childish things?" But the answer has been, "Oh yeah, we're still gonna like them and enjoy them." And but spend we're also the money still going to be yeah, spend them. the money, but we're also Legos. still going to be adults and get yeah. jobs and live in the real world. The difference is that when we go home, instead of going home to 
you know, whatever the old-fashioned pursuit was, like watch football on TV, we go home to watch Star Wars. Yeah. Right? We go home to play video games. We go home, we go, instead of meeting in the pub every Saturday, we meet to play Dungeons and Dragons, right? Like, the activity was interchangeable. Right. And it, it everything else just, yeah, yeah, we're, we're here. We're regular. We're people, you know? <laughs> and there's so many of us. We do everything, so. Yeah, there's a, they're definitely, that sort of, culture is less outsidery now than it was oh yeah definitely yeah well, that was something so eye-opening about like like when the force awakens come and like with internet and stuff you realize i i realized that all of my friends in high school liked star wars but nobody was talking about it mm. to each other mm. it was just me and I was the nerd in the corner, like nobody <laughs> talked to him because all he wants to talk to about is Star Wars. I don't know, if but they all had that fan. They all liked it. Nobody yeah. told me this shit. Right. I don't know if being in band helped, but I did not have that problem. In high well, see, I was in band too, but no, because we were all nerds about. We were all band geeks, so right. we were all also nerds about something else, right. and it, it just I don't know it worked. Yeah. But I what was pleasantly surprising to me with the new films was all the children. And I, yeah. I think a lot of us constantly forget that Star Wars has been for children, basically from its inception. Right. But that wasn't the part that surprised me. The part was, oh, these children all here with their parents, not because their parents dragged them to it, or because they saw a trailer and thought, cool, lasers, but like because their parents, who are geeks, right. have raised their kids to like this sort of geeky stuff, right. and their kids love it already. Right. Like, you know, just it, it was the natural upbringing, and I, that, was, that was nice. Yeah. It's so interesting watching them go to the premiere of it and like remembering just the infinite excitement not tempered with any kind of jadedness. Like that line yeah. that say, well, what if it sucks? Yeah. That never entered in my mind. I was no. 12. Like it was like, this is going to be the coolest thing ever. Mm -hmm. And there's more Star Wars. And like living in that I was excited for all of them. Like I didn't have this kind of jaded thing that the older me looking back at like mm -hmm. film structure and right. <laughs> <laughs> trade blockades not being good centralized themes for Star Wars movies <laughs> but like just it was really interesting that the most recent experience of like a long dormant period and then Star Wars again was Force Awakens mm -hmm. and going into that with that kind of jaded I'm excited but I'm tempering it right. mm. and also like how far away uh episode one's premiere felt feels because it was like there has been none forever and this is the first one mm -hmm. and now yeah. it's every other year how like, many years was it between uh return of the jedi and phantom menace twice well no because the special editions came out in and that's new, but was, new it, films. was it like 85 when when Jedi came out in eighty five, another theater yeah. run. I don't mean that. I mean original. So eighty five to ninety nine to ninety nine. So fourteen years. Yeah. How far was it from episode three to episode eight, seven, whatever? Because that was twenty sixteen. Was it that recently? Force Awakens. Can't yeah. Can't remember how often the the. Uh, maybe it's twenty. Because I think it was like exactly thirty years. Maybe it was twenty seventeen. So Let me look. So we're, much we're shorter. Guessing. Much much shorter, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Not not fourteen. Right. Right. But I mean, growing up. Oh well, no. Of course. Like, That's what I mean about it. Felt so long to us. Yeah. Because it felt long to me. It also you. felt like so. In. 
impossible that they would ever make more. With how long that felt to us. 2015. Was okay, so yeah, with how long that felt to us between 3 and 7, how long must it have felt for the people who... Because, you know, I, I watched the originals on video cassette before episode 1 came out. Yeah. I think I watched them before they even announced it, to be honest. I, I can't quite recall. It's all wrapped up together. You know, I can't, I can't imagine how long that must have felt. And then, like, for them, as soon as episode 5 came out, it was labeled episode 5. Right. And, you know, 4 became clear. Yeah. Yeah. And oh, oh, so even though they went for so many years with complete silence... There was always sort of a possibility that one, two, and three might show up, kinda, maybe. Yeah. I mean, you know. I mean, it's an initial joke, right? That was right. that was the the reference to the old serial. It's yeah. like this is an obscure part of this massive saga that mm -hmm. you never see the beginning or end of. Yeah. So it was. Yeah. But then after after three, like done. Yeah. Done. It was over. I. You know, there was the animated Clone Wars TV show. There were clearly more spin-offs to go. But by that point, the expanded universe was already a thing. So more books, shows, games, whatever. Sure, whatever. The films were done. And we were so sure they were done. Yeah. You know? And then, eh, seven. Oh, you know. That was, was a surprise, to be sure. But a welcome one. It'd be interesting to see a fanboys, like, reunion, like, mm. pre-Force Awakens. Like, because then right. you get them older, and they're more jaded, and then it's like, like, they're in dead-end jobs, or they're really successful. Like, maybe it in inverse Or it would be like, about their children. Or that, but, yeah. Maybe, yeah. Yeah, you could do it that way. But just, like, the, the that would be an interesting retread, like, the anniversary of the mm -hmm. kid's death, and it's like, well, we've got a new movie coming out. It's like, right. do we really, do we even like this anymore? Or, like, somebody, like, they've responded to it negatively or, like, distanced itself from it, but they've still got Lucky R2-D2 in their pocket yeah. or something like that. Like That's true, because you could explore the, all the different avenues of that. The, right. You know, the people who enjoyed the prequels also. The people who, you know, didn't like the prequels, but, okay, I'm going to cling to the originals. The right. people who, oh, well, now the prequels ruined the originals for me, and I don't like any right. of them, you know, and it's, like, sort of kind of have all those dynamics and having a way to come back together yeah. with The conversation seven. is so much more multifaceted now than... Yeah. Because that was and the I'd biggest... i see them engage with the Shrekies. Like, yeah. You know, the same people they were fighting in this film... Right. Like, come back to a conversation and one of them starts the conversation about the other thing, you know? Right. Because both of those have seen revivals. And then you, they could have that, like, that uh, 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 camaraderie about, like, you guys got rebooted too. Like, yeah. you know, you get, yeah. you talk about. You could like, have J.J. Abrams cameo. Right. <laughs> <laughs> he could be the tie that binds them together. <laughs> but it's, it mm. would just be, like, yeah, that's the thing. It's like, I never thought I'd be excited about a Trekkie <laughs> directing a Star Wars movie. Like, that, yeah. that, that dynamic would be really interesting to talk about. I don't. Do you, did you guys experience. I know nobody was as big a Star Wars fan as me at this table, right? They, this right. is. You were more Batman. You got it, but it didn't like get into your DNA. I mean, Star Wars yeah. didn't really get me. Yeah. I, I always think you're you right that it's not not my peak, okay. but it was still pretty damn big. Gotcha. I yeah. was in the Toys R Us in Times Square around when Episode One was coming out. Good lord! Um, and I have some great memories actually. <laughs> On the way out of the door. Someone in a one of those mall mask with a lightsaber like challenged us, and we had bought some lightsabers. And I think my mom was like, "Quick, get the lightsaber out!" I just—it was so much fun. Everyone was so happy, and now Toys R Us is gone. Yeah, um, and uh, that <laughs> We've was my all only seen episode one. That was also my only pre nine eleven visit. 
to New York. Oh, wow. So New York has changed in a lot of ways. Jeez. So that's that's a pretty big memory. Yeah. And I, I guess you haven't seen them, but I my home in California where I grew up is still covered in the, the ships, toys of the ships. Oh, yeah. I have a lot of those. That's cool. Oh, boy. One of my favorite memories is attached to my Y-Wing, actually. To do with you have a Y-Wing? Yeah. That was my favorite from the moment I first saw episode four. That has been my favorite ship. You would like a bomber. <laughs> I just, the shape, the look. Anyway. and Wishbone. <laughs> we was looking for one. And thanks to the new films, they redid they a bunch of the old yeah. ships as toys. Yeah. But the Y-Wing, because it was the Y-Wing, you know, it got a limited run. They didn't make very many. And, right. And I remember around, I think it was Christmas time, my mom driving to like every store in the, like, the three adjacent cities that sold those to get me one because that was the only one I cared about more than any of the other ships and I remember that's one of my fondest memories of the, you know that's the, awesome. the effort she put in for me so sorry so yeah Star no, Wars is a pretty big deal gotcha. <laughs> but no but you're right there are other things I think that are bigger in my life gotcha well so I was just fair, one, like, fair I, I was always a big Star Wars fan but I never butted heads against Trek no, me neither. Like, it never... The div- I always liked Star Wars more, but I always enjoyed Star Trek. Like, mm-hmm. that 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 was just as... It was just a part of the sandbox, like, just to get to yeah. to be in that world for a while. And they're mm-hmm. just so fundamentally different and cool in their own ways. I don't, like... Yeah. Obviously, it wouldn't make for a good story if they didn't have Trekkies to butt up against. But, like... I don't know. I, I just, that's the one piece of it. It's like, a, I understand that there's that dynamic, but I never, like... You're never a part of it. Yeah. I think yeah. we're both too young for it, honestly. I think the real peak of that was sort of before us. That, you know, I get the feeling that it came from the times, from competition for, I don't know, for public acceptance or for acknowledgement yeah. of how awesome the legacies of each of the shows were or what have you it'd be interesting to talk to John about it because he grew up on Next Gen mm-hmm. and yeah. I mean he, he loves them both but like oh, yeah. he might have a better insight into that he would have been there for it yeah. <clears throat> I like that they're both you, you, you already said there's room for them both because they're both sort of fundamentally different creatures yeah. it reminds me of almost of like the Roger Moore Bond films and the, the Bourne movies <laughs> You know, like these are both spy movies, but, but comparing them doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Right, and you're gonna like one genre more than the other, one subgenre more than the other, maybe. But yeah, being arguing about which one is better is sort of pointless. It's like, it's like, well, this one has you know all sorts of ridiculous gadgets and cheesy one-liners, and you know this one has you know serious quick cuts and broken bones. And, so, I almost wonder if part of it has to do with like similar to the divide between people who are hardcore sci-fi fans versus hardcore fantasy fans. And I remember hearing kind of Star Wars as, you know, described as almost more fantasy than Part sci-fi. Part that was all I could think of. It, yeah. Um, you know, because it's dealing with the Force, you know, whereas right. like... It's that mysticism and it's got the old hero's journey. Uh, right. Myth- mythological yeah. literary tones in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Whereas like, yeah, like a big part of... I think Scalable from what I've thing. been able to tell with Star Trek is like the science is the plausibility of it and you know mm-hmm. and I think Scott you and I talked about this like using sci-fi as a setting like yeah it's the future we yeah. have spaceships we don't have to explain all this shit like we wouldn't have a, a, a movie set nowadays where explaining how cars work like you just accept that they work and you move on with the story mm-hmm. yeah. so like I, I never saw yeah why there was a need for well every technology we use there has to be a next real life explanation or some way that we're you know 
So, like, to me, I, I, I kind of saw that difference where it's like, I, I, you know, I think a lot of people would maybe criticize, like, the Force as part of Star Star Wars, you know? Yeah. That, like, sure, you have ships and you're in space, but you have magic, too, so you're fantasy, you know? Mm-hmm. And, which, yeah, which to me didn't matter. And, again, like, I wasn't as interested in needing a scientific explanation for the background to every story. Um, so that's part of why I, like, I didn't really enjoy Star Trek as much. And I think also, like... Uh, probably a big part like my my parents i don't think were into star trek that much but then they've seen the star wars movies and that's kind of how i got into them yeah even i only got into star wars because it was one of the video cassettes in our cabinet and i was devouring everything that we had you know including all the stuff my parents had i think my dad had shown me robin hood and i was like super into like swords Mm. and he was like maybe he'll like star wars and he regretted it instantly because I kept I it was it was like a bootleg VHS like recorded off TV mm-hmm. and I had we put a star on it because I couldn't read my mom's cursive handwriting on it but I knew that was the one with Star Wars on it mm-hmm. and every time I put it would put it in I had my dad read the crawl for me and it was like we would get to the end rewind it start over it was two hours later Dad come read this for me <laughs> like so that that I don't know what brought me to say that but like it's it I don't ever remember not watching Star Wars like Mm. it's it's I remember being scared of Star Wars like like, Tana and I have talked about this too because she was like if if we have kids she doesn't want to show it to somebody under 10 I'm like what yeah but she's like it's terrifying yeah like every time like Chewbacca would yell like I would get scared really like I remember one time my parents watching it and I was in the room like with my back to the TV and like the ships would make a noise, and I would start crying, and my mom would be like, "No, no, it's the ship. It's not. It's not Chewbacca," because like I, I was just wow. I, I don't know why I was in the room. Like I, it was this it was this weird thing where I remember that with when my parents had watched like Poltergeist, and I think uh, I think I'd also seen Wrath of Khan in the drive-in, and that scared the shit out of me. What? Yeah, exactly. No kidding. So it's like you know, so maybe that's part of it. Is a bunch of sci-fi just in in general just scared me at first, but like. And maybe that's part of why, like, you know, with, with Return of the Jedi, like, oh, you know, yeah, you know, this film is tex- test- you know, testing great with, like, teenagers and up. What about the little kids? I don't know. They're scared of all the monsters. All right, let's put some teddy bears in the third one, you know. <laughs> and I think maybe that's part of – it was probably a combination of that one coming out when I was a little older, and, you know, plus, like, I was aware of it, and it was one that I was probably – I don't know if I ever saw it in the theaters, but – because, you know, by the time I was born, 4 had already been out. Right. I was probably like, what, uh, episode 5 came out in, what, 1980? Yeah. So I was only mm-hmm. 2 at that point. So right. by the time, like, episode 6 came out, like, I was a little bit older. But even then, yeah, I don't, I don't even think I was really aware of them mm-hmm. until a little bit later after they had all come out. And you that know, was 6 or 7, depending on what month episode 1 came out. Mm-hmm. And I'd already seen the originals, mm-hmm. like, 8 times each. <laughs> you know, again and again. As much as Blockbuster would let us have. 98 was when it yeah, came out? 99? 99. So I was nine. Shit. Because I, yeah. at that point, I had seen the originals. Yeah. Because we owned the numerous times. Like, so I watched that a billion times, yeah. and then I had to do Blockbuster for or two. But oh boy, you can bet <laughs> we we used those a lot. See, the one I, had, the one we didn't have was Jedi, and we would like rent Jedi mm-hmm. all the time. So yeah. one in or uh, uh, four and five, I watched endlessly. Nine, wow. Because it felt like a long time, like Star Wars is never happening again. Like, I had that in my head as a kid. Like, yeah. And by then, I was like reading Star Wars 
See, extended universe books. Mm -hmm. I think by the time it occurred to me to ask, by the time I finished watching, you know, Rouge Dead Eye for, you know, time number 12, and it was like, are there more of these? This is episode four. I think by then, my dad was like, yeah, they're coming out with a prequel next year. I was like, oh, sure. Oh. I don't know. Yeah, I, see, I don't remember ever having that feeling that they weren't making more. Yeah, because see, that was that was a big part of it. And that was, that was one of the big things that really struck me about this, too, about it being this time that, that only happened once and will never happen again. Of, like, yeah, like, those of us who it had been around for a while... We, we had known that the series ended, you know, it was the end of a trilogy, mm -hmm. and yeah, there was this inkling of one, two, and three, and that there was a book somewhere you could read. Again, at this point, there wasn't Amazon. You couldn't mm -hmm. go online, you know, search Amazon, have it delivered to your house. Like, somewhere, maybe there's a book you can buy at a bookstore in some town that Star might Wars be, yeah. yeah, that might tell the story of the first three parts, and I think some people yeah. had, and they talked about, you know, Mustafar and all that stuff, and there were these little inklings, and like, my best friend was really into a lot of the extended universe stuff, so he would read the books and tell me little things about it um but i think that was part of it is like i never kind of reached out beyond the films and that's kind of what made it kind of like oh this is cool that there's this there's this whole world and i was very aware of it but yeah i think something with it never quite still clicked with me mm -hmm. and i think you know like well i'll get into that later but yeah so then the idea that yeah there was a huge group of us who grew up with star wars who yeah accepted that this is never going to happen again like mm -hmm. this is it and what kept us going back to that original trilogy. And then when it was announced, it's like, oh my God, like we never thought we would see this in our lifetime. Right. Like we're gonna get the, the prequels and it was a big deal. And you know, and I think that's also what probably started showing a lot of the division too, where it's like, oh yeah, they're doing the prequels. What, what are you talking about? Is that that movie with the teddy bears? But you know, and you started to really see the people who didn't have any clue of what Star Wars was. And they're right. like, why are they making more of those things? And you know, um, but but to be in the, this period that they're in in this film is this anticipation of this thing that nobody knows what it's going to be and everybody's hopeful and everybody's excited and and then you know whether or not you liked episode one you know you can't deny you can't see it in a vacuum right and just be alone with your enjoyment of it like you're surrounded by all the people who hated it you know and that's mm. always there and you know with the rest of the the prequel trilogy and then even like you said going into episode seven like ah. Uh, I don't know, I'm kind of jaded, I'm kind of nervous, like, look how the prequels turned out. And, you know, plus the fact that once we saw it, it was possible to have more Star Wars movies, it was like, yeah, maybe we'll get more Star Wars movies. You know, it right. wasn't this sense of, like, that's it, like, you've got to hold on to these three films because that's all you're ever getting. It's like, well, now there are six, and I maybe don't really like these three, and, but, you know, they will make more, and and especially nowadays, now we can just take it for granted. Like, every year or two, new Star, Wars, new Star Wars, new Star Wars, new Star Wars, like, you know. Yeah. That's sort of, I... It hasn't happened yet. I mean, I, I'm happy about how Disney's just doing more, mm -hmm. but I, I'm sure I will stop being happy about that at some point, because we got Rogue One, we got Solo, you know, we've got more uh, more books. They're, they're revitalizing the video games as a thing. Comics like, I'm back. so glad mm -hmm. to just have more, mm -hmm. and the more we have is really good so far. But like, at a certain point, you're gonna run out. You know, yeah. to to keep up that pace is gonna be can't go forever. And I, if I anybody can, I, it's Disney though. <laughs> yeah, but I don't have faith that they're gonna slow down gracefully. I think they're gonna. Right. And, and I mean, we're not not even close yet. You know, right. there's plenty more to come. It's gonna be great. But I just I have that that looming shadow on the horizon of ah uh, yes when we inevitably run this into the ground. Mm -hmm. You know, when I'm 75. That's the thing. Like, since the new stuff has come out, I've watched the original trilogy less. 
I've watched all of them less because I've gotten to go see the new one in the theater four times because mm-hmm. yeah. I have that ability like and that's like the the I'm starting to finally level out on my have to have all the Star Wars stuff mentality mm-hmm. which I never thought that was going to be a thing mm-hmm. like I've got the things that I want from this I still want a giant Death Star Lego and I want uh-huh. the Superstar Destroyer the Executor the like mm-hmm. 8,000 so when you're thinking about one. buying a new car just get Lowe's <laughs> instead yeah. yeah but it's like I, I'm just with the proliferation of the saga now it's it's interesting what parts of the my fandom have maintained their strength and then some somewhat weaned yeah. because like because it's just so abundant the the urgency isn't there anymore. yeah yeah but every time I sit in the theater and see that shimmery Lucasfilm like mm-hmm. and Ooh, yeah. get the the that first flourish of the Star Wars theme. Mm-hmm. I'm never as happy as I am in that moment anywhere else in my life. Like, that is the coolest feeling ever. <laughs> but I'm not watching stuff at home nearly yeah. as much anymore. Yeah. Yeah. It's really interesting. I think part of that for me, too, is just, like, I, I, with with movies in general, well, I shouldn't say in general, but, like, with other sagas like this that I enjoy, like The Matrix, like all the Marvel stuff now, like, yeah, I find that I don't watch as, re- I don't rewatch the stuff as much anymore because there's so much more content, you know? Right. Like, like the Sam Raimi Spider-Man, I, pro- I saw that, I think it was, like, six to ten times in the theater. And then when I bought it, you know, I watched it over and over and over again. Because, like, that was it. You had that, and you had whatever garbage came before that, and then you also had X-Men, yeah. which I liked X-Men, so I maybe would watch that one to, you know, ratio of one to five, right. you know, with, with Spider-Man. Um, but now it's like, yeah, like, you have so many chapters that you can choose from, so many different parts you can watch, so many different new things coming out, you know, you know, you've got the movies, but also the TV series, you know, so it's like, okay, you know, like, even with Star Wars, okay, like, there's the Clone Wars um you know, animated series that I'm trying to work my way through gradually. Mm-hmm. So it's like, do I watch a movie I've already seen, or do I wa- watch this thing that fills in some gaps that I haven't seen yet? You know, and I think that you know that's that's been a big part of it for me, just like the explosion of material. You know, that you don't have to rely on. I have these three movies that are the core of my own universe, and I'm going to watch them over and over again. It's like, well, wait, do I watch four, five, and six? Do I watch one, two, and three? Do I watch one, two, three, four, five, six? Do I watch four, five, six, seven, eight? Like, do I wait and yeah. not watch seven, eight anymore until nine comes out, or, or wait till the weekend? You know, and it's like there are just so many more options, and and I think that's that's a big part of it too. You know, kind of like what you were saying, like you know, in terms of like eventually they're going to run out of stuff, and or not even run out of stuff, but people just kind of like won't be able to keep up. You know, yeah, right, exactly, like, and that's like what, right now. I'm sorry, Joe. No, like, right now, the big one of the big draws, especially for me, is we're gonna get new exploration, right? Whatever Ryan Johnson's trilogy is gonna be about, Lord, I'm bring that so so quickly. Excited about that because oh I God. not that the old stories are bad, but we've seen them a million times. Yeah. Show me something new in the universe, and that's for now. That's amazing. Yeah. But then when we've had that happen eighty times, we're gonna be like. Oh, yep, some other corner of the galaxy. Yeah. Like, sure, you know. I keep forgetting they gave Johnson a trilogy. Oh, I'm so happy about I that. I'm going to shoot my load so yeah. much. It's insane. <laughs> I was like, oh, wait, I won't interrupt Joel. And then I was like, oh, maybe, maybe, <laughs> maybe you should have. We'll, we'll, we'll get a bunch of ShamWows to bring to the theater. <laughs> well, that's another aspect of this movie that really captures, like, the adolescent horn dogginess. Oh, yeah. Like, that... Yeah. 
it's not not a part of my 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 fabric of my DNA. I'm proud of, but it's an accurate representation mm-hmm. of it. <laughs> Stop humping things. <laughs> no, sorry. I think it's interesting, Tim, with your exploration of the expanded universe stuff, that you're gravitating more to prequel era or early pre prequel yeah like the mm-hmm. knights of the old republic stuff that i've which read which is really, really strange to me because none of that like when i was starting to read because me learning to read in star wars extended universe books is like hand in hand like mm-hmm. that's the shit i was reading yeah so i was always post return of the jedi was where i lived or like you you mm-hmm. have shadows of the empire which is right between uh yeah. empire and uh return, return yeah. but like that was that's where it existed. It never occurred to me to think about what happened before. Mm-hmm. And for you, it like it kind of hurt my heart a little bit when <laughs> you had sent that text. It's like, I'm, no, I'm really enjoying this stuff. All the stuff post I've not liked. I'm like, that's the ether, motherfucker. Like, you don't know. Like, <laughs> <laughs> See, I've also always gravitated to that prequel and pre-prequel stuff. And mm-hmm. I think part of it was that those were the films that came out, mm-hmm. came out for me. So right. there's a, a certain draw there. And, you know, obviously the the episode one Darth Maul fight was so much cooler than the old fogies in episode four. So as a child, especially, that's where that grab came from. Mm-hmm. But even as an adult, that's persisted because we learned so much less about that world in the films. Mm-hmm. You know, we explored the Empire, and admittedly not too much, but so much more thoroughly in the original trilogy than we ever explored either what the Republic was like to live in or what its time was like, or even just the war itself. Mm-hmm. We never got any of that in the actual films. And so there was always so much more draw there for me. Yeah. You know, whereas in the original trilogy, you got... You admittedly didn't get much of what it was like to live under the Empire, but you got the gist of the Empire, of what they were, of how they were doing things, and you certainly got the whole story of the Civil War, basically. You know, right there. So it felt like a, a much more completed place. And venturing out from that to, I guess, to later, really... You know, to post-return, was also ether, but venturing out to pre-prequels was ether. From a, it, it felt like that would help me learn about the prequel world. You know what I mean? Yeah, there was more, more to be gained. Right. Whereas to venture out past Jedi always felt like a, just complete cut off, new start, sort of thing. See, my, I always was interested in Han, Leia, Chewie, Luke's story afterwards. Like that was always, mm-hmm. it was always character driven. So yeah. I wanted to know where those characters went and if there was a Jedi Order and how that worked after. Mm-hmm. But it was also, as I began to read, I was really fascinated with the idea of the Empire doesn't go away after Jedi. No. Right. And it There's is still, still a whole fleet, you know, but an really, army, the, the, the interesting diplomatic things that has to go on between the New Republic and uh, the Empire. And the whole, like, siege of Coruscant and taking it over and be reestablishing a Republic... And how they have to interact with each other as separate energies and almost work together sometimes because of certain other conflicts. That was really interesting for me. But then I, st- I got uh, uh, Rogue Squadron for N64. Yeah. And then it was all about the, the fighter... The spaceships. The, yeah. the, the X-Wings. Yeah. And the, so, yeah. and then that made me read the X-Wing series, which is like 12 books long. And it's all about... This no-name pilot who you discover he has force sensitivity, but it's all about the dynamics of that squadron and how they interact with conflicts. And then 
you see a lot of the events in the other books that were written from their perspective of like this elite squadron and how they interact with these different conflicts and that was there was just so much to go into in that i mean i haven't even read all of the stuff post jedi and it just yeah it makes it possible right yeah who has and that's the thing when yuzan vong as a a movement came through yeah i was really fascinated but i had skipped like the first like i I was really concerned with continuity up until that point, and then it was yeah. like there are fifty of these. I don't know where we are. It's these super are in the future. Was one of the things that started to put me off. Yeah, the whole, that, that's been a lot of the people. whole expanded universe as a thing. Yeah. Honestly, it was yeah. that sort of like someone hit the brain. Like I looked around and realized that my flashy sports car was just a school bus, or like, <laughs> like oh wait, Lucas's Lucas's film is just giving anybody on Earth the right to write whatever the hell they want. Right. Where the hell am I? <laughs> like, what What happened? Like, it sort of lost the magic. The the chaos. But that chaos also bred some just incredible work, too. That freedom. Yeah. You know, it also meant there's a lot of... The, the video game term would be shovelware, I suppose. Shovelware? Because, like, just, when there's no barrier know. to entry, people will just shovel games <laughs> onto a platform. I see. So, um... Cell phones, for example, are victims of shovelware. I because, see. Because, you know, gotcha. the expanded universe was very much a victim of that. But on the other hand, that freedom also allows for some real gems to come out of that, mm. that pile. Um, stuff I, we wouldn't have got if Lucasfilm was being tighter about their licensing, you know? Yeah. Well, I think, I think the thing that really put people off, because the first Yuzan Vong novel is Vector Prime. And at the end of that, Chewie gets a moon thrown Smashed into his face. Like, he dies right. saving... Uh, and the Falcon with the him. Fal- no, the Falcon leaves. Oh. He's able to oh, uh, right, right. save uh, Jaina and Jason and Han by staying behind as they are leaving the atmosphere and a moon collides with the planet he's on and he dies. So I think, like, they hit it with a really big bang and then it was, like, this completely unknown alien species and then all of the books post that were about that. So I think that was a huge part of what people would turn people off about is like why are you fucking with this formula we've had how many decades of novels what are you doing so when i had entered into that series it was like like two or three years after that vector prime had come in and it was a specific han solo story Mm -hmm. and about a very specific uber religious sect of the yuzan vong who are all about like uh uh salvation through um masochism yeah which was super fascinating really weird and i'm reading in high school like what the fuck is this <laughs> like <laughs> that was really cool so i think my my avenue into the yuzan yuzan vong was like so niche and specific that i was like i always remembered it fondly because it was like nothing else i had ever read mm-hmm. and i got to read about han solo without chewy and like how do you fill that void and he's like leia is at that point the the uh, Chancellor of the Republic, and he, Han's like listless and not showing up for things, and like you get to see him be a burnout again, and like that was super interesting. Mm-hmm. I don't know how this just this is just me fanboy. I haven't done it in a long time. Speaking of which, I think my my biggest consistent complaint across seven and eight has been, or I guess mostly eight, although like Chewie's basically an afterthought in both of them and it's not much of an issue in force awakens but it was kind of upsetting in last last jedi because like 
why didn't we get to see how Chewie felt about losing Han? Right. You know? I mean, if we're uh, honest, Chewie's although, kind of an afterthought in yeah, all of them. exactly. Yeah. And then also, like, there was so much else going on in The Last Jedi, I don't know where they would have shoehorned I think the other thing is that Han... Han and Chewie's dynamic is something that's compelling. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. we don't hear what Chewie says in response, but we get to see Han react to what he says. Mm-hmm. And we get the sense that we know Chewie's sense of humor and what he's like because we have the conduit of Han. Yeah. And when you take Han away, he's just the dude that he's pilots isolated. the Falcon. Like yeah. that's or co pilots it in this sense. We do he get to see him now. we get to see him be pretty badass in Force Awakens. He does some maneuvers that that ship has never done before. Like, or uh, in Last Jedi, he pilots it. Mm -hmm. But yeah, no, I think that's. I think it's fair to say of seven and eight, but particularly of the whole series, he kind Mm. of doesn't have a whole lot of personality separate from Han. And like I said, if you wanted to also cram that into Last Jedi, like, how long is this movie gonna be, right? right? So, so you know, to be fair, I could have taken thirty more minutes of Last Jedi. Right. Could take him thirty more hours, but it would have been in the casino, and that would have been the problem. <laughs> so, is it is it true? Is it fact that the creators of uh, the showrunners of uh, um, Game of Thrones are doing a trilogy too? I heard that's, that's been been put on hold. Okay, I think officially they are still going to make their project, their unnamed project. Mm-hmm. But it used to have a date. Okay. That and Johnson's trilogy and a bunch of other stuff was like full-on Marvel phases planned right. out. And, we had mo- and they uh, put the brakes Obi-Wan. on. And they were like, okay, no. Ryan Delta's trilogy, yes. Here are our predicted dates. Everything else, probably. Right. Just probably. And we'll finish yeah. up and nine. So and they nine. haven't taken it away from them. Okay. They haven't... They like Instead yeah. of it's going to come out this year, etc., like, just... It's going to happen someday. Yeah. So yeah. I would love to see them do a Old Republic-era trilogy. Mm-hmm. That's what I was thinking. Political maneuvering. That's yeah. the intrigue that they're good at, and yeah. that would be really compelling. Or even pre Old Republic. Do some Sith Jedi war initially. Well, see, that was the, one the, of the which one of the great Sith wars, <laughs> right? The first one. Well, one of the um, one of the books I read, and as far as like I found this website that mapped out the timeline, like the chronological, and it actually separated into two columns. This, these are the old books that are not staring no into it can- drives you insane, can- right? This like is the other Pandora's list, that, box. Yeah, like the new stuff that's now been sanctioned as canon. Yeah, and like, it was the legends was, now. Canon yeah. and legends are the two. Yeah. yeah. So and the legends is a mess, and canon is less of a mess. But it was like the one that's like chronologically the oldest like story that's been written so far. It, it said it takes place like something like ten thousand years before the Battle of Yavin. Okay. So at this point, like the, the forgetting that's our. Our ADBC, yeah. right? Yeah, is the Battle of Yemen. <laughs> but like they, uh, they, the Jedi don't have lightsabers; like they have swords. Mm-hmm. And there was there was like talk in it too, where they're talking about like these Jedi temples and how it, it, it reminded me of like Harry Potter, where like there are Sith teachers, like within oh, the Jedi like temple, the Slytherin, house? yeah, or yeah, like like <laughs> yeah. that, like with uh, what's his face, where it's like, oh, I'm this kind of asshole, and I'm going to teach Snape. you about potions and yeah. these spells that are. You know, but but that's part of your education. Not oh, this is kind of not nice. We're gonna push this right. over here and only focus on this half. So there was like this, you know, this dark, the dark and the light side were both part of the education at that point. Mm-hmm. And like that's actually the thing I'm most fascinated about because mm-hmm. I think like that's a big part of it. Is like the more, the more you kind of split things, that almost the worse the two things get. You know, and um, this is kind of even like in a, like in the Green Lantern stuff with the 
the, yeah. the, all the different lanterns, the like colors, yeah. the farther you get away from the center of the spectrum, the more the person kind of loses themselves to the power of the ring. So like rage and love are completely like the the, the humans or the, the beings are almost gone. It's more the driven by the red lanterns. You know, yeah. The, yeah, the um or the, the, the star sapphires and the, oh, right. the red lanterns. Yeah. So like they're completely like just driven by the power of what their ring is, as opposed to the closer you get to the center, like you're more actively involved. And I feel like that's kind of like I think, you know, looking back, and this is kind of the thing I was going to talk about earlier that I was like, well, wait, I'm in the middle of another thought. But, you know, it, 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 it's kind of like, you know, when I first made my break from Catholicism and I was like looking into other religions, you know, to kind of see if there was one that kind of fit better. And it, it, it tended to all be kind of the same type of stuff, just in different packaging. And that was kind of the thing with at first, like, oh, the idea of the force, like this is all really cool. But then the more you get into it, and I think this is what, this, honestly, this is what, what really disappointed me the most about the, tri the, the prequel trilogy is by that point, and I understand this is where it was in the history, but by this point, yeah, like the Jedi were just the, 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 the you know, secret service super soldiers army of the Republic. Yeah. And I was like, this is not this cool mystical religion See, that's anymore. That's something I've always appreciated about the prequels was that they, they did that because that was sort of sort of the point right but that's what i'm saying is like i had no interest in that no whatsoever. right which you is know, totally like, fair. like yes it's not a criticism of where the story no, went right. because yeah. of course if you have a, a you know i was gonna say i liked take... how in rogue one mm -hmm. basically the only reference we get to jedi is from um yeah the, the blind the character yeah which was great and which is like, the temple yes, on this, this old like... planet and how no one else seems to care and it like it talked about how far the jedi had come you know and how far they'd fallen, mm -hmm. and how different what they meant differently to different people and different points in history. And I just I loved that little little glimmer into the into the past we got, mm -hmm. that little window of of oh yeah, like and, and also it helped to explain a little bit about Kenobi's explanation to Luke because you know Kenobi was raised on that whole yes, Jedi are this ancient mystical order and we help people, right? But he stepped into the cog in the bureaucratic system mm -hmm. and then got swept up in war. And so after he spent 20 years in the desert, you know, he's back to trying to shed that and trying to give to Luke only the, the sort of core ethos. Right. And trying to step away from what it was during the prequels. Yeah. I, I feel like Obi-Wan is the perfect encapsulation of what the Jedi Order was about. And not to its detriment. I think no. that that... And I think as we see the, the most butting heads against it that we see is in Phantom Menace because mm -hmm. he's with Qui-Gon and the council and it's really and... interesting because Qui-Gon's also punk rock and he doesn't give a shit about what the council says and wants to do it that way but yeah. he, he in, effect, in effect builds this Padawan who is the perfect Jedi he, yeah. he makes and he, he, he he's not complacent in the way that the Jedi Order appears he is he understands that it's about what it's about, like on the ground with people. In, yeah. In practice, you know. And he's not like this this cold, calculating. He moves like water in the way that the force moves, right? Mm -hmm. He's not old fogeyish like Mace Windu is, which is one of the the mm -hmm. primary sins of the prequels, is they made bad motherfucker the most boring <laughs> Jedi, like. See, I'm glad to hear you say that because I've always thought that. And I was just like, he I better not do say shit. this out loud. Yeah, exactly. 
Like that was like such like like why? Why did that have to be Sam Jackson? What made you like when you wrote that character said, "Oh, we need to get Sam Jackson for this." Like no, like like you should have gotten Will Smith or something, you know? Like I feel like he could have played a better, you know, I've seen him do this kind of cold seriousness which would have worked. But like, yeah, like that's not I mean, and again, he's an actor, he should have I mean, he's, he wants. But like he's playing against type, I guess, but like that's yeah, not exactly. what he, he's not pl- doing anything interesting with it. Right. But it's also like they asked him if he wanted to be in the movie before the character had been written. He said, I have two conditions. I want a purple, purple lightsaber, lightsaber and it needs to say <laughs> bad motherfucker on it. Like, that's that that part did not exist without his involvement in it. And they just were like, okay, you're a Jedi and you do these things. Like, yeah. there's no... I don't I know. That's the problem is that it did exist without his involvement, even though they asked him before it existed. Right. <laughs> it's sort of the yeah. problem. Yeah. I don't know. Just like, I have a lot well, of frustration with the monastic I'm nature projecting of, here. Mm-hmm. But I, Mace Windu's status as like In one of ring. three people who had ever mastered that one that particular lightsaber style, um, V A P A A D. It's spelled, and okay. it incorporates yeah. certain dark side ethos into it. So like, as a person who was so focused on that combat, and then had just sort of, like, ended up on the council and kind of like well okay what do I do now right. is something I totally see and also something I can see Sam Jackson as playing in terms of like if we'd ever really got to see him fight it would to see bad. the character yeah. come alive right that was the point point. Yeah. and I mean who knows how much of that was in the notebook and didn't make it onto the screen right. and like I said I'm certainly I'm sort of just post justifying that here mm-hmm. but I, like I could see where that conversation may have happened you know where things could have gone, and we see a little bit of that when he kills Jango Fett, which, which right. that was the the, the boom, my boom, realization boom, boom. at that point, like oh, Shook, like, this is why lightsabers are better than here. blasters if right. you know how to use it. You right, know, and like, it's like this is why Windu is on the council, yeah, because you know he right. just didn't even blink. Right, mm-hmm. Kenobi like had to fight him. But also, like Kenobi was he didn't have the high ground. That's where he learned that shit was. Jango Fett because if dude's got a jetpack I can't do shit down here like that that that's really and then something else that I've read that is <laughs> unscathed well, by the was prequels canonical. canonical I don't know whether it still is not canonical not canonical was this was again one of the things that was always in Lucas's head but didn't get told to us in the films was Kenobi starts with a particular lightsaber form in episode one and switches to Soresu which is what he's using in three what he's mastered by three but I think in two, he's still learning it. Gotcha. I don't. I don't recall. I might be completely Would, misremembering. I, I know for a fact he's using a different form in three than in one, and that's written into his character that he switches. That he switches into this more defensive form gotcha. and becomes one of the the best practitioners of it in, in the order. But he gets there in three. He's not there in two, if right. I remember right. Yeah. That's true, because yeah, Dooku takes him out pretty quickly. See, but Dooku is supposed to be one of the greatest bladesmen of right, all time. ever. Yeah. period in the entire galaxy mm. that's why, that's why that he can pick apart whatever form Kenobi is using and why Anakin's bastardized attempt to use two sabers became you know one saber one arm <laughs> right <laughs> because for all Duke's other faults he was a, a swordsman more than anything else and I've loved when they explore that in the books I mentioned a couple books to you the other day there's oh, one yeah. where he's watching Grievous practice against his staff wieldy droids and mm-hmm. they've all been you know Grievous has been taught like the textbook versions of the forms by Dooku and the droids have been programmed mm-hmm. and Dooku's character's inner monologue just gets more and more frustrated as he watches because it's all 
textbook robotic programming and there's no artistry Mm -hmm. and he eventually like force pushes away one of the droids and is like yells at at Grievous about like you have no understanding about what it is to wield these blades Mm -hmm. you know if you had to fight somebody who really knew a form like Kenobi or fucking Windu and like he explodes here like I think Mm -hmm. he they used some phrase like "God forbid," you know, yeah. Master Windu. Like you'd be in pieces. Yeah, and he, he's just. And I, I've always loved is? that characterization. Um, there are two books. They're supposed to bracket Episode Three. Okay. Um, the third one is sort of a focus on Vader. It's got a Jedi who survives Order Sixty Six. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and the, it's the first one. This of isn't Kathy Tyers. Is no. Um, I can picture the covers, but I, I couldn't tell you. The first one, which is that one is actually super, like, buddy cop, Anakin and Obi-Wan, searching the galaxy. I, I love it! It was so great! It's the best. But just, a, it's it's funny to go back to the films and then to look at, at you know, these things that were in Lucas's head or in his notebooks that you can see their fingerprints on the films, but we didn't get them explained to us. Like... Master and Apprentice? No, no that's quite good. But like Jedi Dooku's, Trial. No. Like Dooku's just flawless swordsmanship. Mm-hmm. You know, and why he's able to just pick them apart. And then Obi-Wan's switch as he's also taking on this new student, which he's never done before and wasn't necessarily ready for, you know. And and I, yeah, I just, um, sorry. <laughs> but um, but I've always loved that sort of nitty-gritty and, and that, that deeper exploration about, like, you can see where these orders came from. You get little glimpses of it. They show up in, mm-hmm. in Kenobi and Qui-Gon, you know, and in Dooku's respect for swordsmanship and but they're just they're not there anymore and, and that's back to why I've always loved the prequels as my expanded universe stuff because I love getting to see those things that we only got hints of mm-hmm. I guess this film did its job because we haven't talked about the film <laughs> yeah. we've talked <laughs> about, Star about Star Wars, Wars. <laughs> which I guess is the point <laughs> I guess we can never do Star Wars now <laughs> we've done it <laughs> that's what we said about the Matrix <laughs> Again, we'd have to uh, choose a specific film, yeah, and that that would focus the discussion in a certain yeah. way. Now I'm very aware of how much extended universe stuff I haven't read, even of the stuff that doesn't matter anymore. It's like, <laughs> no, what happened? <laughs> well, I think that's another reason that I like the old old stuff too. Is like, sure, you can say it's not part of canon. But like it's so far removed in terms that of timeline, well you know. Like as opposed to something like the Han Solo trilogy, where you can tell they differently took pieces of that to make the movie, but the movie is a completely different story than that trilogy. So yeah, like the two of them can't coexist. Because did you finish Han Solo trilogy? Uh, the abridged versions, yes. Okay. But um, but yeah, so like something that takes place like so far in the past that it's like yeah, like the ramifications of that may or may not actually touch upon the stories we're actually seeing that are considered canon, so it doesn't mm-hmm. matter all that much. Um, plus, I wonder with some of them, because, I mean, are the Old Republic video games still considered canon? I don't think so. No, like KOTOR? No. 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 So no, they're, no, they're not. Mm-hmm. I can tell you that for sure. And I think that's part of it, too, is, like, oddly enough, and I know I'm probably the last person who would hear say this, is, like, I don't for the most part I don't care that they're not canon you know like you know it's kind of yeah like if they're if they're still like good stories and everything and, and you know I, I almost in some case wonder if it's going to be you know like the the treatment of, of the force in some of those older things are going to appeal to me more than some of the other stuff you know and mm-hmm. I feel like that's part of it too is like you get this kind of glimpse of what the force is 
you know, again, speaking to my my origins with it, where it was just the original trilogy, and it's like, you know, that to me was great. It was this guy like researching this this thing that was a myth at that point, and then you know, kind of like little by little discovering that it's true, and like, oh, and he has this teacher who comes in and you know was this expert who can kind of you know guide him in him learning how to do it. And, you know, that part of it was great, you know, whereas like, you know, like, <laughs> I think that's the thing, too, is like with the, the prequel, the whole Jedi Order reminds me a little too much of what was built in Marvel after like post-Civil War. Like, hey, guess what? If you're a superhero, you're part of S.H.I.E.L.D. now, fuckers, mm-hmm. or you're in jail. And it's yeah. like you're you're part of our army now. And like that was kind of what it was for me. It was like, wait, this was supposed to be not where the, the direction the world was going. And that's exactly where the di- world had gone here. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of almost like. And maybe that was part of Lucas's point too. Like this is the point it got to. Like it had to fall down so that it could get back to its roots and build mm-hmm. itself back That's up. That's why he focuses from... on like Yoda and Kenobi. Yeah. As our sort of two of our paragons about what it should right. be. Yeah. You know, it's caught up in this, eventually in this war. Yeah. yeah. And what's great about that too is like Luke's development through that because the Yoda and Obi Wan train him to be a tool. That's. And it's not a pun. Like no, they need he, him to he, kill. He was already a tool, right? <laughs> and he, as he breaks out from that and rebels from that pun, um, when he comes back and he's like, "You have to kill Vader as this last thing." Like, how, I'm not a Jedi yet, but my plan, training is complete. But I got to right. kill this guy. Like, yeah, no other Jedi with... had to kill Darth Vader right. before you were a Jedi. Exactly. You know, like, why is that my but, thing? And know? that's the thing. His insistence on trying to redeem his father, trying to save his father, mm-hmm. is shows that character's development. Because that character is a dipshit at the beginning mm. and like just makes wrong decisions. Like, and then you find his maturity and he's able to like uh, transcend his being crafted as this war hammer. Like, mm-hmm. this, like that's, that's something that was always... Become a person for his own future. Yeah. That's something I appreciated about The Last Jedi a lot, was Luke's disillusionment then, that he tried to build his own Jedi Order. He tried to and do what is... it's not easy. Right. It's yeah. hard. And he... Yeah, the whole the whole nature of the enclosed order, even one that he was... He was struggling balancing the old image with what he was taught, with mm-hmm. what he wants from the future, and it just kind of fell apart. Right. And that felt sort of right somehow, you know? <clears throat> that Luke should struggle yeah. with that. It's the thing with Yoda. Like, Yoda had an easy teaching job. Yeah. There's the evil of the Emperor and right. Vader, and we need to kill them. Let's train towards that. Like, yeah. <laughs> well, I almost wonder if that's sort of the, the what the big picture about this uh, this trilogy is going to be, is that the reason Luke failed is he was only trying to build a Jedi Order, and why he realizes in 8, the Jedi have to end. Like, we, maybe a lot of it is getting back to, like, look, instead of making Kylo Ren the villain... Like, maybe there are aspects of the dark side that we do need to embrace and we need to study instead of just, like, shunning them. You know, we need to kind of bring all that together. Like, yeah, like that idea of, like, the gray Jedi or whatever. You know, like, mm-hmm. like bring both halves back together. Maybe it should be started by Kylo and Rey, like, building something together with, like, hey, we both have things to do. And, you know, I almost feel like that was the big part. It was, it was his fear about what Kylo could be that ultimately led to the whole thing collapsing. Mm-hmm. Like, it was nothing Kylo actually did at the point. You know, it was it was Luke holding fast to, oh, well, the Jedi good, you know, dark side bad. Oh, you have some dark side. Oh, maybe I should just kill you instead. Like, right. you know, like that, that conflict, I think, is what led to it falling, not just that... Um, you know, it wasn't it wasn't Kylo's fault. It felt like he was sleeping. 
you know yeah. like that whole thing like you know and he he kind of he was what he was you know but instead of learning <laughs> I almost feel like you know it's kind of like uh, you know what little of I, I know of the show Dexter you know where his dad realized as he, at a young age like oh shit you have these tendencies let me teach you how to channel this but as opposed to like trying to like shame you for it and beat it out of you, you know, we channel it. We we figure it out and we say like, hey, you know, this isn't your fault. You were born this way. Let's find a way to like use Lady it. Gaga. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's something I I really like the the Jedi Academy trilogy, and because it kind of it starts with that like getting the band together, Blues Brothers types, like because he's looking for people with force like tendencies. Oh, okay. and it's like apparently there's like a register that he finds of like. The, the list that the Empire had about like genetically tracing mm-hmm. where the force lines oh, went. Yeah. So and then like rumors and stuff. And it's what was cool about him was finding all these people who were untrained but were developing skills in different ways. And he was in in that iteration of the Jedi Academy, he had like broad strokes things to teach. But it was very much about the collaborative process of mm-hmm. exploring the force together mm-hmm. rather than trying to do a dogmatic, like, fill in these boxes, this, and now you have level eight right. lightning fingers. Like, you know, like, yeah. that's something also I really fucking hated about the prequels. That it was like, if you get to this level of strength, you can just lightning fingers. It's not something specific to the Emperor because he's so fucking powerful and evil, only he would have conceived of that. No, Dooku mm-hmm. can do it too. And oh, Yoda can hold it in his hands and throw it back. Yeah. See, the Yoda part was the most interesting to me there mm-hmm. because it implied that Yoda had dabbled in the dark side somehow, or he understood it enough to right be able that he to, had some, yeah. so he touched it in some way. Yeah, which was really interesting. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. Well, actually, and before I went off on the last tangent, I went on. I was actually thinking, oh, this is a way we could bring it back to the movie because when <laughs> you mentioned like Luke trying to redeem his father and that whole thing, like how that was brought into the fanboys movie with Butler and his father, you know, like, yeah. and even has that dream of his father coming to him as Darth Vader, like, oh, join, I will join me, son, you know, and cutting his hand off. But like, you know, and, that, and when they go into the room with all the memorabilia and he's standing in front of the Darth Vader suit, you know, just like, this is my father, you know, like, you know, and, and you know, they never get into, oh, he's going to talk his father out of being a car salesman, you right. know, mm-hmm. but the fact that he's kind of seeing that as like, like, no, like, if I've learned anything from Star Wars, it's just don't follow the path of your father, you know, like, right. like forge your own path. You know, I was just realizing now, like, him chopping off his hand is taking away his artistic... Oh, yeah. Holy shit. Like, I never, I never creativity. That. Like, yeah. that that would be the final severing. It's like, you might as well not have this hand Yeah. if you go with him. Like, yeah. Wow. What is your hand for? Yeah. <laughs> Leia! Leia. <laughs> <laughs> I named it both Leia. <laughs> of course you did, Dutch. <laughs> yeah, I like I like how they kind of like, I mean they're very loose parallels, and in, in, in some ways there's like crossover, but like each one of the characters kind of embodies a different Star Wars character. Like Hutch is definitely Han Solo. I mean it's his van, you know, his ship, yeah. you know, and uh, you know obviously it's his favorite character. And I feel like uh, what's his face, the tall kid, he's almost like the C three PO of the group, and how he has his lucky R two in his pocket. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like that's kind of like, well, it's we don't a have a, you know, yeah. he spends his time in the hotel room talking to the girl. And, oh, oh, thank you. I must be going. Yeah. I must find my friends. Yeah. Interesting catfish storyline. Yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah, it's creepy as fuck. 
Mm-hmm. I mean, Seth, Seth Rogen's great. Yeah. Seth is good. It's amazing. It's amazing what you can do with a change of teeth. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, that's yeah. all those characters were worth the, the teeth. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Dude got Jar Jar on the back of his back. <laughs> he is going to be the shit. Darth Jar Jar, yo. Darth Jar Jar. Oh, man. Misa back. <laughs> It'd be interesting to get. Uh, they never do. Well, I don't know. Maybe when they're the 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 well is run dry, we'll get a, a Jar Jar origin story. <laughs> he just Mister Magoo's his way through. The, maybe he's Boba Fett. I don't know. <laughs> he has the same amount of clumsy luck, and then non luck at the end. Yeah. Actually, speaking, I think that's one of the things I'm I'm most excited about in the future of Star Wars is the Mandalorian series. Ooh, that's looking good. Yeah. Yeah. We so often they release more photos, and visually, it's on the spot. Yeah. Is it Favreau doing that? Yeah. And I think that's the thing is like you know it, I feel like it's far enough removed from the you know the original story, the original cast, but it's it's another part of it that hasn't been explored on the screen anyway all that often. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, like I think yeah, like like the Mandalorians show up in a bunch of books and stuff, but like you know, yeah, like especially after the way you know. Boba Fett goes out, you know, whether or not he actually survived based on what books are canon or not canon or whatever, you know, like that was just kind of disappointing regardless, you know, so it's like to kind of be like, okay, we'll, you know, we'll get to at least explore some of his world a little bit, you know, his, his, his people, you know, like where, where they come from with their, because I remember it was in a, yeah, it was in one of the, 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 the Revan book where he kind of teams up uh, the, the one that's just called Revan. Knights of the Old Republic. There are like three Revens, two of which are technically the same person, like soul reincarnated into a different body. It's the first one. Uh, Old Republic Revan is the name of the book. Right, but like which which of the Revens is that? I think it's the original. Whichever one is in that book. Sure. (laughs) Um, So he teams up with like a bunch of Mandalorians for a while, and I was just like, oh, this was like so cool, and like it it made me also want to play the game because I kind of realized like, oh, they're kind of like. Like, was I supposed to have played the game? Because I didn't know if it was, like, an adaptation of the game, but right. it actually takes place after the first Knights of the Old Republic game. So gotcha. I had to kind of read some of the plot and everything, but mm-hmm. how it kind of tied in where he had hid, like, Mandalore's helmet. So, like, that's what you needed in order to be the new Mandalore and the the, the head of the tribe and all this stuff. And I was just like, oh, that's kind of cool. Like, and, you know, in one sense, I kind of didn't like it because it's like I've also grown away from, you know, and that's something they kind of make fun of in a lot of stuff where it's like, oh, we need the magic sword to slay the beast. And right. the I feel like, syndrome. yeah, and I feel like a lot of other things kind of turn away from that, that like, yeah, like these objects don't have any power. So like the idea that they've kind of built their whole tribe system around this one helmet and that's like the be all end all. Some of the stuff I read was that that was why Django was so special, was that he was exiled or kicked out or willingly left or whatever but the point being that he wasn't in the tribe anymore he just made his own come from there Mm -hmm. and gone to make his own way and so the stuck in their ways issues that other mandalorians had he had been more than willing to shed and to take in new ideas Mm. and had become this amalgamation of this this you know chameleon killer Mm -hmm. and that's why he was so great and part of why he was chosen as the template for claws (laughs) yeah yeah, that, and that's totally cool. Yeah, like especially like yeah, you know, using the them Mandalorians as a, were a great foundation. Yeah, but that he had to leave them to go finish. Mm-hmm. His, yeah, but, but yeah, yeah. Anyway, so it just it's it seems so fascinating, and I've gotten so little information on it I so far that yeah. it's just like yeah, like let's do let's do more of that. And that was part of it too. Like you know when you when you come to know of Boba Fett, it's like oh, it's just this guy. 
And then when you see like the other different styles of the armor and the coloring and things like that, it's like, oh, this is kind of cool now. Like with these different tribes, they have their different markings and all this other stuff. And I guess it's mostly just from a visual perspective, like the way to kind of work with that. Um, that's the thing that's always like appealed to me visually, I guess. Mm -hmm. It'd be cool to see like, I guess, uh, like my ultimate would be like a Mandalorian Jedi. That would be <laughs> I just want like a fistful of dollars with Boba Fett. Like shows up <laughs> yeah. in on this backwater world and just plays the bounty hunter western. Yeah. yeah, I. That's the thing. Like I, I would. It'd be cool if. Mm. He's the only one that they didn't alter. They just yeah. origined him away, which was like, that was the coolest thing about it. You didn't know anything about him. Mm. Like, and he looked. He was the coolest guy in the room. In in this this lineup of really twisted looking gnarly mm -hmm. boat bounty hunters, he was the coolest one. See, and that's funny the one that Vader knew so intimately, he had to tell him, no, "You're not blowing shit up this time." Right? Like yeah. that was so cool. And like, um, I don't know. Just like, I always like the idea of like the armor passing from person to person. So mm -hmm. the last person who killed him. Mm -hmm. it, it's like the the Hannibal thing like you, maybe your murders will become my murder yeah, like yeah. that what's so notorious like all of this all that you've heard about Boba Fett is true yeah. but it's the armor that they've seen but not necessarily the guy the in it. Inside it and like this was like the this guy fell back asswards into yeah. it and that's why you got Mr. Magood into the Sarlacc pit like see that's I, one of the first things I read about Boba Fett, other than obviously seeing Jedi, mm -hmm. was that he was the son of the legendary bounty hunter Jango Fett. He was carrying on his legacy. Oh, so it was just that But was I can't it. remember where I read that. It was definitely before Episode 2 came out. But it might have been in, like, materials surrounding the release. Right. But it might have just been, again, one of those things that was in all the books and was just around some... I can't remember where I first read it. But that was the thing. So there was definitely the... Okay, so Jango Fett was this super legendary dude, and now his son has taken over. So the actual detail of him being a clone was sort of irrelevant to me. Like, however he got the son, it right. didn't matter. We, we knew the son was going to also be a legend. Right. But, um... But yeah, I didn't, like... It was fun, too, because they... Then, you know, watching him die in Jedi was something that I didn't question at first because like oh yeah sure he's the legendary bounty hunter whatever but like our heroes are the heroes right. so yeah they killed him they overcame him and great done and then like eventually the phrase that someone used that pointed out to me was defeated by a blind guy with a stick and I was like oh right what whoa huh <laughs> like oh like, yeah that just felt what like, it felt so weird Plus, yeah. don't they also use... I can't remember. Don't they also use one of the, the screams that they use in all those yeah. movies? At the, yeah. The Wilhelm scream? Yeah. yeah. So, like, it, it also makes it comical, too. Like, it right. wasn't even, like, you know... The whole moment's like he comical. totally went out like a yeah. bitch. Because like, goes, yeah. Boba Fett, Boba Fett. <laughs> he turns yeah. and jabs him. Like, yeah. that whole fight scene, everything related to Han being blind is a joke. Because even it's like... Uh, uh, Lando gets the tentacle around yeah. his leg. He's like, I thought you said you were blind! I, feel, I can see a lot better now. <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> see, instead of a big dark blur, I see a big light blur. There's nothing to see. I grew up here, you know. You're gonna die here, you know. Like, yeah. the whole thing is... <laughs> he's yeah. comic relief in that movie. <laughs> I love going here as a kid. Great, now you can die here as an adult. <laughs> 
this turned into quite the episode. Yeah. yeah. Um, but we li- I like the film. I like the lot. Yeah. No, it's yes, fun. Yes, yes, film. I did. Film I liked Fanboys. It was great. <laughs> yeah. It was fun. It had that nice combination of nostalgia and legitimate entertainment. You know, the, the film on its own was entertaining, but it yeah. also played on the nostalgia very effectively. And the two came together very nicely. Mm-hmm. I also like that they did include a lot of other references outside of just Star Wars. Yeah. I feel like to me that made it more realistic. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, yeah, like yeah, like when you're when you're kind of like a, a nerd or a geek or whatever the proper term is, like it is always whatever you start off in is is a gateway to other things right. in that in that realm. You know, so like um, some of them are really subtle too, like him hitting his head on the dash and yeah. then the red button working, and then all of a sudden it zooms ahead right yeah. from Back to the Future, like. Yeah. And like, or like him being a Rush fan, you know, which yeah. ha- Rush has nothing to do with Star Wars, yeah. but like again, like that's it's you know, and that was again other things something we're that, fans of. Yeah, yeah, they talk about other films and TV shows. Yeah. yeah, certainly. And like in comic books, you know, they work in a comic book store, so it's like even though, you know, Star Wars, you know, was a film first, but still, you know, it's like jump into that Yeah, you're yeah. like, oh look, here's other geek stuff I can get into. Oh, and, I think it's time to rewatch Back to the Future. That's been years for me. I've seen that for a long time. Yeah. I still haven't seen the third. Actually. You would freaking love the third um, one. Of all people to have not seen that one. I saw the second in parts on television, like when they were doing specials and whatnot. And it was such a meh experience. You need and to that watch. was my only way to see the third. That mm-hmm. I was just like, screw that. I'm gonna like go sit down and watch these someday. You need to see two and three. And I think in I, tandem. I did see two. Yeah. Yeah, as a whole, okay. but like I just never got around to three. I guess like, I don't know. I would almost recommend both in the same afternoon. Mm-hmm. Like, you're not the first person to say that because of the amount of self-referential. Like that, yeah. th- those two are one long movie. I also need to rewatch the first though because that's been ages. So Damn. that movie's so good. <laughs> as Mulaney says, a weird fucking premise. We thought, you know, fuck his mom. Fuck his mom. Yeah. No, it's a whole thing where the you know the guy and he tries to rape the mom and then the father stops. So it's yeah. You know, so this is a family film. <laughs> you know, his best friend is a disgraced nuclear physicist who's either thirty or eighty. Yeah. And as Lat and Pretty Lady proved, getting your car into films will be super great for you as long as you don't traffic cocaine. <laughs> John DeLorean. <laughs> yeah, that's what's wrong with those cars. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I they sold better than they had any right to. Like that's, I said, getting them in movies will they're help. Cool. Yeah, they're cool looking. Yeah. Figured if I'm gonna build a time machine in a car, might as well do it with some style. <laughs> uh, but, um, you build a time machine in a DeLorean? <laughs> I love that part when. Uh, when, when Hutch is in bed with the, the escort and he's like, you know, get the Bentley in the drive, you know, flux capacitor. Like, it's like, right. he just has to throw that in. Because like, he doesn't you know, know like... cars. <laughs> Stay on target. <laughs> that was a good movie, Tim. Thank you for bringing that yeah, to us. Yeah, of course. Yeah, I just, I loved it. That was great. Impression. <laughs> it was good. We, we haven't had a is a good movie a discussion movie in a long time. Yeah. <laughs> okay. so. Thanks for bringing You're us back. And yeah. We're sorry, <laughs> listeners. Well, um, you know, and it's one of those things that I almost feel like maybe this movie should have a revival. I feel like it might help, you know, quell some of the tension with all of the Star Wars fans and, you know, all mm-hmm. the, you know, to just kind of be like, you know, to, yeah, to remember that time before we, we started arguing about Star Wars. I mean, then again, I guess they do argue about Star Wars 
within the you know the context yeah, of the, the original trilogy. Thing and the, yeah. But 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 then that's still all just like. I don't it was know, an intellectual like, like it was it was trying to figure out what the thing was. It wasn't like you're stupid because you like this thing. It, right. That's because Alice and I have these discussions all the time. It's like, how does the hut? Uh, uh, a crime syndicate launder its money like that bullshit (laughs) like who cares right but because Wado won't take Republic credits what are they dealing in like gold like where is the gold coming from you're on a fucking desert planet yeah like so like but our arguments in quotation marks about that it's just like trying to figure out because the world is huge yeah. trying to find out little details in it. and we, we want to live more. it we yeah. want to live inside it oh. and understand how it works and why and like it, it, it was it, that's the kind of conversations that they have they're trying to get at what the thing is right mm-hmm. like what it's like to live in this universe it's not you're stupid right. and having representation in this movie is is appeasing uh, radical feminism like right. it, it's not that bullshit thing that the internet has like yeah. ruined all these things with like well that's what's funny too even the term fanboy I feel like has almost become like a kiss of you know like you're, well, you're went from you being death, you know. like a schoolyard insult to being a genuine just cool thing to be to being a um pejorative right like it's it went through all these cycles yeah. it's piss baby like that that's it's analog now mm-hmm. right like this just I don't know neck bearded man child whiny mm-hmm. like that's what it has become a uh, analog for evolved into mm-hmm. mm. well thank you so much Tim you're welcome but I think it's time for Joel's <laughs> favorite segment <laughs> and we're gonna put it right here it is it is time for <laughs> another situational movie recommendation <laughs> Okay. <laughs> Going off list this time. What is a movie that you really enjoyed as a kid that has not aged well and is almost unwatchable now? This was I was conceiving of this movie as like maybe not aging as well as it did because of its era and its subject matter, but it turns out to be pretty damn watchable. <laughs> I'm not sure I have an answer. Honestly, I would have to like go see the movies that are still in my childhood home and find one that I haven't watched since I was a child but that I knew it. would be oh, oh I remember ah, I this Ooh, you know like mm-hmm. I, I don't know if I can just come up with it off the top of my head but I will give you leaving out the unwatchable bit okay. the Jimmy Neutron movie I went home and I rewatched the Spongebob movie and the Jimmy Neutron movie back to back and they were both still good but Spongebob was and they, we talked about this at the beginning of the podcast about like that holds up as an adult even the humor does right. often Jimmy Neutron didn't. It was definitely just for kids. Uh-huh. And it was tolerable as an adult, but still a children's movie. And, B, the animation did not hold up at all. Really? Jimmy Neutron. I always, felt much, meant, like, I always think of Jimmy Neutron fondly as being like this really crisp... Yeah, and the show is even much crisper than the film. Interesting. So, so I would I show that to my kids? Sure. They'll love it. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's fine. It's not unwatchable, but I... Yeah, as you know, I went back and, oh, oh, I guess I can't... Especially coming off Spongebob was like... Mm-hmm. I finished Spongebob and went, man, I can just watch this whenever I feel like watching something old and cool. Great, I have this comfort food for you know for my film here. Mm-hmm. And I went to Jimmy Neutron and it wasn't. And I was like, oh, I guess I can't with this. Huh. Yeah. But I think, honestly, I think that's the extent of my answer. Mm-hmm. And I'm sorry it's so mediocre, but I, I don't know. 
the things I've kept up with since I was young, I mean, Spongebob, Batman, Avatar, Batman, <laughs> Batman, and, I know what uh, Tim say, would say my answer should be is Batman Forever, but so. it's not. <laughs> <laughs> the movie is perfect. Yeah, Star Wars. I, yeah, I don't know. I, stuff I've kept up with, I've kept up with because it's good. Mm-hmm. The stuff I haven't kept up with, I can't remember. So, Yeah, I'm kind of in that same boat. Yeah, yeah. like, like, I don't... For me, it was more with like cartoons, like 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 Thundercats and Transformers and Voltron. Like I've tried those watching some in of those of series. themselves aren't bad. They're just they're for children, and we're not enjoying yeah. them anymore. Yeah, I, you know? Transformers is kind of unwatchable. <laughs> okay, okay. Now, I, mean, I, it, it's, I can't speak to that, but it's enjoyable yeah. and it's fun. But like it, it's hard to follow and like. Yeah. Mine is the Phantom with Billy Zane. Oh God. <laughs> I fucking loved that movie because it was like Batman meets Zorro and he had guns and skull rings and like there were pirates that were the bad guys and like that this is my turn to bring a blockbuster on the podcast ding 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 there's but... a blockbuster for 500 miles <laughs> <laughs> oh yes that was the sign of civilization was good. a blockbuster yeah <laughs> but like we would get that like every other time we went to Blockbuster. When it was available, that's what I wanted to rent and watch. Mm-hmm. And, because I have the VHS now that's got the holographic uh, oh, yeah. cover <laughs> where the yeah. ring is, like, coming out at you. It's so cool. But I I rented that maybe three years ago with the desire to watch it again. And I got about halfway through it and had to turn it off. Because wow. it so painfully did not hold up to what I thought it was as a kid. It's just like really just it sucked. It really hurt. <laughs> I don't know why that one doesn't hold up as well as Batman Forever for me. Mm. I think maybe just the, the strength of the iconography of Batman and loving Jim Carrey and like <laughs> Two Face, like all of the I don't know. That one just that was particularly painful to try and rewatch. I will probably try again. Maybe it'll shift. That's what I, my hope is, is the next time I watch it. But. Yeah, because I feel like. Uh, there were like the Clones might be one, too. Because I remember uh, being excited to see mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. And then going back. Like, that's the thing. Like, the prequels I was initially really excited for and enjoyed being 9, mm-hmm. 10, and 11 when I saw them. But, like, going back those ones didn't hold up as that well. That might be an answer for me, too, in that I definitely still love the prequels. I did when I was a child, and I still like them a lot. Mm-hmm. But I definitely skipped through parts of two. You gotcha. So, I, yeah, the that might sequence, be the answer. You can't listen to them. The sand gets everywhere. Because, <laughs> yeah. yeah, one and three, I rewatch and love, and just rewatch. And two, I rewatch and love, but skip parts of it. So yeah, right. maybe that's maybe that's the answer. Hmm. <laughs> but yeah, otherwise, yeah, I feel like a lot of the movies I've yeah liked as yeah. a child, you either still like, and everything yeah. I stopped liking, I just sort of fell away mm-hmm. long before today. Right. Yeah, because like a, a lot of the movies I remember seeing as an actual kid aren't necessarily kid movies. Like it was the movies that my parents, like Indiana Jones, Star Wars, right. like 
like those were the Back to the Future. You know, those are the movies I saw as a kid. It wasn't like, um, I mean, I guess I remember seeing like maybe like I remember going to the theater to see the animated Jungle Book as a kid. But even back then, I don't think I even liked it that much. It's a weird one. Yeah. Not really a whole lot of plot. Yeah. I mean, I remember seeing, like, I remember loving the um, the Disney's Robin Hood as a kid. And I think last I watched that, I still loved it. That movie is still great. Yeah. <laughs> Oodle Lally. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, and even, like, uh, I'm trying to think of what else, like, in that in that sort of realm, like, yeah, like... I was thinking, I watched Lion King recently again it'd been like five years since I'd seen it like oh maybe this isn't gonna hold up it's fucking incredible that movie's yeah. great <laughs> like, what's the thing like yeah the Disney movies there were some that I, I don't think I even liked back then like I was never really into like Snow White Sleep, you know, Sleeping Beauty mm-hmm. like like Lion King and Aladdin that was kind of more when I started getting into them and like Fantasia and stuff but like Peter Pan might be one for me like I loved Peter Pan because we didn't have it so I would always like when somebody else had it we would watch mm-hmm. it I was really excited but the the Native American portrayal in that is makes it unwatchable. It's it's yeah, but really now you're bad. stepping into the problems of old stories that we're watching in the twenty first right, century. Right, and I, that was know? part of the ca- the caveat Which of the question is, was yeah. has it aged poorly or you don't. Yeah. yeah, that's what I think. That's an accurate representation of the question I asked. Mm. I mean, but, yeah, it's your question, yeah. so you get to decide that. But <laughs> putting my yeah, big Monty Python foot down on it. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's fair. Yeah, I don't know. This was we didn't we didn't have much for you this time. Though. Yeah, <laughs> sorry. Yeah. Well, we we shot our shot with all of the Star Wars fan dimming. Yeah. yeah, it was it was kind of neat too because I, I think at some point we did get into a big Star Wars discussion, and I think we even that's when we referenced oh if we were going to watch it. So I feel like this was a nice way, an excuse for us to talk about Star Wars in general. Without, without having, having to, to f- watch a Star Wars film and pick one, yeah. but then steer it towards talking about that. Which, I mean, then again, we didn't really talk much about this movie all that much. But like, you know, like you said, that's kind of the, the point of it is to kind of you know jump into that to that role. And and yeah, there wasn't much to to criticize. I mean, we kind of geeked out about the stuff that we needed to geek out about. Yeah. Was, was it? yeah. I really like the image of them running through the the that sign. Yeah. And oh, it yeah. becomes the, the Vader vision, helmet, sure, and then the yeah. tail lights, and then it's like join, join the force. force. Like, yeah, so it's, it's a well put together movie too. I think that's that's a, like, cine- cinematography wise, it's not overly sophisticated, but there's a mm-hmm. couple shots where like the this director knows what the fuck he's doing, and yeah. that was that was cool to see. And that's the thing, like the subtlety. That's where movies that are self referential and then have all these little Easter eggs mm-hmm. to do them in such a way where it's not like. Yeah, I get what you're referencing. You're yeah. not rolling your eyes at it. You're like mm-hmm. actually excited to see that reference. Yeah. Like, that's a delicate balance that I don't even think Force Awakens does as well as this does. Mm. It's like, hey, remember this? Hey, remember oh, this? Yeah. Hey, remember this? Whereas oh, yeah. this is just like, it's it's not hey remember this. It's just like this thing happens over here, and mm-hmm. it's it's just subtle enough to pick up on. Well, I think it's also organic because those those little things that we're supposed to pick up on are worked organically into the characters because they're such fans of the things that they're mimicking it. Right. Like like we would do. Yeah. You know, like like lines of, of dialogue that's we would use. Right. Yeah. Because it's like that's how we would talk because these movies are what taught us how to talk. Like right. that's the slang that we use. Those yes. are the speech patterns we use. Chewy. So when it shows up. Yeah. The whole, for shotgun. Yeah. That's that's perfect. Yeah, exactly. 
if I ever let other people drive for me, I'm going to do that. <laughs> like, I called Shotgun, but you didn't call Chewie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, fantastic. Thank you, Tim. Way to end our to second full year yeah. on the yeah. podcast. So, we're moving into year three. Woo. Wow, which just feels awesome. Also, going to be episode 25, fourth of the way to 100. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> uh, you're welcome for that. You didn't even have that written down. That was just off the dome. Well mm-hmm. done. <laughs> and we have, uh, we're planning on bringing in a fourth host starting. Mystery person. <laughs> starting... I don't know where you're going to go. I'm so happy yeah, that you Yeah, he could have said one. guy, host, person, dude, whatever. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, planning on bringing in a fourth host on a permanent basis. Ooh. Starting with episode twenty-five, our family's getting one host bigger. Yeah, so we'll we'll see. We'll, we should have made pregnancy announcements. Um, <laughs> so we'll, we'll, Nine months we'll, out, we'll see. We'll reveal who it is during the episode. when they're here. <laughs> but we're very excited. Yeah, uh, it's someone. The, the dynamic is great. We get along very well. Yeah. We love their cinematic tastes. We think you'll enjoy having them as part of the podcast. We're very excited, and. Uh, we hope you'll join us then, but until then, goodbye. Did you want me to announce my pick? God, right. I'm sorry. I'm getting so caught up in the host thing that I'm forgetting. Well, isn't our new host picking? No, they're picking last. Okay. Right, yes. They're starting the new calendar I misunderstood year. a sentence you said earlier yeah. today. Gotcha. Then, yes, Joel, please. So we're starting over a new cycle. Our new host is going to be fourth, so it's still going to be Joel, myself, Tim, and our new mark. host. <laughs> And they but will be in January, we're starting with Joel, so, <laughs> Joel, please. So, um, because that next podcast will air in October, we're going to go a little spooky. Uh, and no, we are not doing special Halloween and holiday episodes. You again. are correct. You learned us lesson. last time. <laughs> so, we are going to do a French horror film from mm. 1960 called Ooh. Eyes Without a Face. Yeah, I've heard of this. Directed by... Jorge Franju. Okay. Um, I don't want to give you too much detail, but this is the same director who did the Slaughterhouses documentary that we talked about a few mm. episodes ago. Oh, okay. It's chilling. Mm-hmm. It's so well done, and I am so excited to watch it with you guys. It's going to be the perfect October uh, uh, pick, I think. Mm-hmm. So, I'm excited. I'm ready to be terrified. <laughs> so with that, now we are truly concluded. My apologies, Joel. I misunderstood <laughs> and I also just got sidetracked. But, but I screwed it up. So now, with a proper ending, that was your cue to jump in if I forgot anything else. Oh, no. No, no nobody, that's it. Okay. <laughs> with a proper ending, we hope we'll see you next time. Goodbye. Bye. Bye. Hey, listeners. We appreciate you tuning in for our podcast. We're now available on iTunes. If you'd like to check us out there, I'd be glad to have you subscribe. We'd also love to hear your feedback, whether it's a comment, review, or anything else. You can reach us all through our official Nerds That Geek emails, which you can find on the bio page at nerdsthatgeek.com. Or, if you can find us on social media, I'm on Instagram at Scott underscore W underscore Murray. And then on Instagram and Twitter, I'm at JoelT18. And on Instagram, I'm the Tim Gerard, And on Twitter, I'm at Tim Gerard. Thanks so much for tuning in. We hope you'll come back for more.